Hello everyone, welcome to the Worth It podcast, episode number three. Yay, I, I hi JD. I can't believe we made it this far. Yay, we made it quite a long way, yeah, this far, indeed. A solid three episodes. That's good. Well, three episodes plus... And a special guest. And a special guest, yeah. That's great. So, we're coming into, like, I think mid-January now, and uh, I guess that's around festival season and stuff, isn't it? Film fest season's January, February, isn't it? The Oscars come around very quick, very, very, very quickly. After yeah, the holidays are over and everyone's ready to get back into it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, as we're recording this now, it's currently the 20th of December and we are on the last day of our shoot for our short film. Interview. Um, interview, yeah. And it's gone good, hasn't it? It's gone much better than I thought. Yeah. Like... It, was, um, it was a lot of fun, actually, because... You know, as we were mentioning in last week's podcast, we were trying to shoot in that reverse chronological order. Yeah. Um, which at first kind of confused us, and we had to really sit down and look at it closely and see if we were actually putting the right shots in the right place for the story context. Yeah. Um, but in the end, actually, as I was reading, I had, a, I had a full proper read of the script yesterday. I mean, I had already read the script. Prior. You're reading, like, the script, yeah. you're looking like, half the shots, and you're like, I see it now. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, it, it all works. And I just looked back at the footage then and it looked really clean. Um, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the actual end product when Alex actually gets on with uh, gets on with Edison. Should be should be done with it by next week, I think. It's meant to be released before Christmas, so he's hoping. Yeah, that hoping. being said, I'm not going to hold it to him if he doesn't get it done. I think I think it'll be it'll be there because it's only like a five minute long film. Should be a five minute long film, really. So see, I'm estimating three. Three. Mm. I mean, the recording. We're all taking guesses backstage, <laughs> but I'm going to get it right. So. <laughs> I'm the boss. I'm gonna get it right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, I, to be honest, the recording for the interview bit was three minutes and thirty four seconds. Actually, so it's gonna be five minutes long. I thought it was gonna be like one minute yeah. and a half. Oh wow, we broke yeah. the limit. Yeah, that's it. Um, so today's podcast is actually gonna be talking about acting. Okay, okay. a little bit more in your favour. I know, right? I feel at home um, now. But it's gonna we're hopefully gonna answer a particular question. That I kind of want to know. I don't know whether you have an answer to it yourself or whether there is an answer to it. I just, well, All let's right. see. Shoot, I can't wait to disappoint you. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in films, you see a difference between actors who are brought up acting mm-hmm. from a very early age and people who have just been picked up off the street and gone, hey, do you want to fancy a role? You look perfect for it, right? So when you shoot real-life stories... I know a guy from university who shot this film about a boxing club, and he used actual guys from the boxing club. It was about them, so he used them in the film because he reckoned that it would be more authentic, more realistic to have people who actually know the sport and know mm. how to do that kind of thing over using an actor who has combat training um, because he, he thought that if people have life experience in that situation, then they're more likely going to have a more genuine reaction on camera. Mm. And I want to know what your opinion do you reckon that's true? Or do you reckon that's false? It's a little of both, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, the way you want to look look at it is, if you have personal experience, that's great because you have a more genuine reaction. You have more real emotions deep down in your soul that you can then get out. Yeah. But if you've never acted before, it will show. Because the first time anyone acts, it's 
it's scary. You've got to take command yeah. when everyone's looking at you to do everything for that one moment. Yeah. And if you don't do that job, time resets as we do another take. Yeah, and there's also quite a, a large-scale misinterpretation, I think, when people... Uh, perceive how films are actually made they don't realize how much effort actually goes into it they don't realize that people actually end up standing around a long time waiting for things to get set up or we need to do like six takes of one thing just to get the shot right or maybe someone missed the focus on something so we need to do another 10 takes um and you know i think normal non-acting people as such kind of don't really realize that quite a lot so maybe end up getting frustrated yeah uh, you know Especially, so with directing for the first time in uh, film-wise, with Interview Now, I've come to realise all of the times when I've been on camera and it's like, the director tells us, we're going to do it again. We don't change it, it's the exact same thing, but we're just doing it again. I'm now sat here directing on the other end, I'm like, oh wow, the director's just being finicky with what shot he wants because yeah. that's what I'm doing yeah. and I feel really bad because I'm making everyone restart and I'm having to tell people you haven't done anything wrong nothing's wrong I'm I can't decide what angle I want <laughs> I'm telling the cameraman to go this route instead yeah and that's the thing when we we understand the I guess the industry roles as a whole so actors who come in and just do acting don't really know cameras don't really know audio don't really know any stuff like that so if if a a mistake happens and it's not explained very well by the director and that's a really important part of the director's job is to fully explain to the cast what's going on yeah because you're as a director you're meant to be like the liaise between yourself the cameras and the whole production itself right you're the the, the man on set who makes the thing happen right yeah so it's your vision that's coming out on screen so you need to tell the cast how they want to react in that certain scene you also need to tell the cameras no you need to go lower on that shot or that yeah. focus needs to be much sharper you need to get on with that and sort that out right there are certain aspects on a bigger set that other people take control of like the director of photography takes a lot of control over focus pulling and the guys who do all that job yeah. um, he takes control of the camera team a lot more than the director would at the time so the director would come in and say right we set up in the shot list it says an immediate mc and mcu so a medium close-up mm-hmm. um on shot 11.6 and he just set up now so the director of photography goes in, sorts his camera team out, gets that shot set, gets it all lit. So the director can then spend the time talking to the cast to get the yeah. right reaction. And that's why you have split roles in on set. Yeah. But yeah, as you say, they've got to be that liaise. They've got to be that person who really fully explains stuff to everyone. So everyone's on the same page. Yeah, you still get the odd divas that... Oh, you do. But the majority of the time, whenever I've worked with people who are starting out or if they haven't done it before you start making fun of the whole scenario yeah. you know you don't know why we're doing take eight or take 11 yeah but something is clearly going wrong in the background you don't know whose fault it is because no one's telling you so you just start making laughs about it and that's where that i guess charisma comes from in actors yeah. where yeah you're just able to laugh and roll with it anyway yeah absolutely and it, it obviously helps pass the time as all i can say obviously um because whenever Whenever I'm directing, I've never sat on either side of the camera, so I've never waited or anything like that. But when I'm directing and there's something going wrong or there's something needs sorting out, I'm always there on the scene yeah. trying to trying to help us sort out the problem. So I'm always working in my head. So I sometimes don't even notice that people are waiting around. Um, and when I turn around and look and I see, you know, like, for example, I'm hunted when I saw you guys had the London umbrella. And I was thinking, wow, we can't, can't shoot anymore. Um, that's at that point where I've looked up and gone, oh, my God, I need to direct it as well. Uh, you know, um, 
because sometimes when we're on smaller sets for short films and stuff, we mm-hmm. have to you know take on multiple roles and do different bits and pieces because you know either someone said oh I can't turn up today or you know something like that, and uh, we need to. Well, kind of, kind of pick up like two, three roles. So whilst you direct, you director of photography, and whilst you do that, you also might focus ball on the scene or something like that. You you'll pick up the clapperboard, and and I guess that rolls back into you know experience versus authenticity. You know, the authentic is you're stood there waiting, and you're just like, and, but the experienced actor is he gets it. The director's doing something very specific. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have time to keep telling you, no, you're you're fine. Yeah. Just stand there. What I've noticed as well is some of the more experienced actors also can wade in and help and suggestions for shots and stuff when there's mm. a difficulty so they feel like oh i think i think you should go like a wide shot on this to get us both in you know some of the more experienced actors will stand up step up and yeah. say hey man why don't you try this i think if i react like this it'll be much better on screen or um you know if they if they've studied their character enough they know in their own head how their character should react so a lot of the time the director wades in and goes oh i reckon that you should like cry in this scene and you go no because in the profile i'm meant yeah. to be like a strong-willed person so why am i going to cry um somebody more experienced actors will do that other than, other than non-experienced actors will go oh, okay you know, i'll cry yeah. then and then it's not nothing like the character it looks out of place on screen at the end because hmm. all of a sudden your big strong character your hero in the film breaks down and cries in the middle yeah. out of nowhere and you're like what? because it's something that people don't seem to recognise is how um, over the course of an entire shooting for the film so much changes we're on like version 6 of the script at this point yeah yeah. and it's had to change due to uh, people's availability locations props budgets uh, how the deadlines the script will change. Yeah. There is no way around that. No matter who you are, the script is going to change before that film is finished. And what the funniest thing is as well is not only does it change before you start filming, but it also changes whilst you're filming. Yeah. So you could be like three quarter, you know, all the way at the end of the film. You could be on date, final day. You'd still be editing the script slightly and changing bits and pieces. I mean, didn't we change a bit of it last night? Yeah, yeah, I think we did. Yeah, we so did. We literally. That's what I mean. That's why day, we it, I, some, th- I was thinking, you know, we're on five. No, no, it's gone to six now. <laughs> we're on yeah. version six of the script. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And that's not a bad thing. Sometimes no. it's good because development leads to, uh, I guess, new ideas and new, new concepts and stuff that maybe wasn't thought of before in the in the process. But you know, whilst you work with other crew and other creative, talented people, they can you know suggest it. Why do we do this? Or yeah. why do we do that? And, you know, that can be down to actors, experienced actors and stuff, which yeah. leads back to the question. So actors can sometimes be better in uh, in situations than actual mm. real-life experience. So, I mean... In an ideal scenario, if you can find an experienced actor who has had life experience in yeah. a subject or a field that yeah. you're filming about, that is a good angle to go for. Perfect, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess I, I don't think I've ever used myself people who um, don't act as like a as like a profession or a side thing or whatever, or haven't had experience in acting, or haven't got a degree in in drama or something like that. I don't think I've ever used just normal people in a film myself. So I haven't actually tried it. Um, I've always wanted to just pick someone off the streets and go, "You look like you need to be in a film." come with me yeah yeah it takes a lot of self-confidence as well doesn't it i guess mm. for people to say that you might you might get a lot of people go no 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 i don't fancy that at all yeah. that's not for me or something like that even though the story's about them or a person like them 
um some people will just turn around and straight up say no mm. um but you know there's been a lot of i guess that 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 particular film was talking about the boxing that came out it's fantastic it's really really good you got stuff like eminem eminem and eight mile mm. so he's not acted before himself but he wrote the story about him about his upbringing about his stuff like that and he acted and he won an oscar for it mm. right so i guess it does work it definitely does work mm. but i think you just got to pick your stuff carefully do you think that it's genre based no no I think it's person to person yeah acting is literally giving emotions you are emoting yeah people do that naturally yeah we all do it at some point or another, but some people are more emotive than others yeah but I I feel personally like it's a lot easier to get someone off off the street as you say hmm. to act in something that's sporting related or music related yeah because there's a common yeah, and popular common things. and popular but also it's quite easy to get yourself into like a mental state to do a sport yeah quite easily so like you get like the likes of uh, yeah uh, back again to the same example the boxing thing right it's a sport so mm. people can get into the ring and be who they've trained to be and they don't have to worry then about needing to act or show emotion they just do what they normally do in training and it looks natural and yeah. authentic it's perfect but if you get like a, a person off the street just so acting like a really high intense drama mm. I mean that, that boxer see, suddenly you're going to see the missing the missing teaching because there is there is always uh, some, a, an advantage in being taught stuff over doing it yourself and progressively yeah. learning and educating yourself um, there's always like a like a leg up I guess so you know when I went to university I I learned how to actually do stuff rather than using my my like uh, I guess my self-taught experience, um, and that helped and set me up for quite a lot of stuff, I guess. So I think I think actually learning to be an actor does give you a massive. Advantage. Oh, usually, I mean, it yeah. goes back to a conversation uh, not too long ago I had with you on how we're two different sides of the same coin. You've got the actual know-how, you've got the terminology, you have the contacts, you've gone through the actual works of uni. Okay. And I just went from the ground up and said, "No, I'm just gonna do." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, when you say you're just gonna go and do, but now, right now, over the past couple of months of stuff, you've learned loads, right? Mm. You've learned loads about different roles and different. I mean, uh, first time I ever heard a director just shout, "Turn over, take, etc., uh, etc." Et mm. I was, I was lost. I was looking yeah. at everyone else like, "Why do, do do we go back to position? Yeah, what are we doing?" <laughs> Why are we all going backwards? Why is everyone taking steps backwards? Yeah, yeah. And you start freaking out, but once you start clicking pieces together, or even just asking, saying, listen, I'm new. Yeah. You piece it together, you learn, and it builds on it. That's I'll never point. know the name of whoever found this form of art in this year, God knows when, mm-hmm. but I know what I need to know right now because it's something I'm actually doing. Yeah. We we do actually have a lot of pointless exercises and learning stuff at mm. university that don't you you at the at the time you don't think they relate to anything, but when you when it comes to actually doing the film or making the film or whatever role you envision yourself in, sometimes when you look back at university and think, right, I remember we did a, like a text about this guy that said that doing this kind of shot always works better than this like why don't we try that 
Oh, lo and behold, bloody hell, he's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Would you believe it? Those guys at university were right. Wow, the teachers. Um, so sometimes, like, at the time, whilst you're going through the educational bit, you think this is so pointless. Yeah. Like the 180-degree rule. Have you heard of that rule? 180-degree rule. There's a thing called crossing Actually, the line, right? yes, I do know this because uh, it came up during filming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Alex stood on that side and no, no, he's crossing the line. Yeah. And he just went, oh, okay. Because we both got taught the same thing. There's, um, there was a lecturer that always hammered and hammered and hammered it into our brains, not cross the line at all. Um, <laughs> I was saying to Alex what he needs to do for the next shot, and I was saying, I'm trying to think whether we should just go for another 180 or if you should go 360 degrees around the character. And he just went, 100 degree rule, 180 degree rule. I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to um, say a bit more? <laughs> so, for those, if anyone's listening who don't actually know what the 180 degree rule is, or crossing the line as they call it, it's the notion that if you shoot a subject, um, like an over the shoulder shot in a conversation scene, and your subject on your right side then changes in the next shot to be on your left side of the camera it looks like they're pointing in the same direction as the person they're talking to on screen in the end. It's really weird. It's quite quite baffling when you think about it. But that that's down to doing this thing called crossing a line. So if you draw a line in between your two people, your two actors, um, and you don't go over the other side of the said line, so say, for example, you split them right down the middle. Yeah. The line goes right through. Don't go to the other side of the line. You'll be absolutely safe. As long as you're, so say for example, you, JD, were on the right side hmm. and Lish was on the left. Lish has to stay on the left when we do the reverse shot. Otherwise, he's crossed the line. Yeah. Completely. Um, and it's something that we got absolutely hammered into at the university and I've never forgotten. It's hilarious. It makes such a difference. It's such a huge difference. It's unbelievable. The other thing was audio. They always said that audio is like 80% of your project. You don't have good audio, you don't have a good project. Hmm. Just, just quit that while you're at it. You know, if you—that's why I was panicking so much the other day when we uh, we, we couldn't get the buddy, the audio to work properly. I was thinking, this is this is all over. It's all over. We're gonna we're gonna fail. We're looking uh, at this very small microphone built onto the camera. Like, please, yeah, please, please be enough. Please work. Yeah, because we always have. There's never. I don't think there's ever a smooth set day. There's always something that goes wrong. But what you need to be aware of is you need to make sure you have the proper plan for it yeah. to ensure that if something does go wrong you have a contingency that you can always there's never on. been a day of filming that hasn't had something go wrong yeah the weather someone's dropped out yeah someone has injured themselves someone's yeah. forgotten a piece of kit yeah mainly someone... that's mainly my problem that forgetting kit i'm too forgetful <laughs> on my side it's everyone's just dropping out it's like oh my goodness yeah that's it um so let's adapt the script again <laughs> so give me an opinion jd if you were to write a true story script would you cast the lead role as a non-acting person but had years of experience in the subject area that you're writing in? is it a feature film or a short film doesn't matter uh i'd say an actor to be honest you'd say an actor if yeah. you could find an actor who has experience or even favoritism to that uh, yeah. subject, but I wouldn't want to cast someone just because they have a lot of experience with the subject. What about if you wrote a film that was about that particular person? If it was about a specific person, even then, 
like I'd offer and say, listen, do you want to try for it? You know, get a, yeah, a, yeah. a jump start in the auditions. But if they can't cut it, by all means, I'll just get someone else. There we go. So that's the answer to the question. Wow. We actually answered a question rather than just talk about it and leave it on a cliffhanger <laughs> like last week. What is art? Who knows? Who knows? I what still, art it is. still keeps me awake at night. Yeah. <laughs> what and is art? I do want to do another podcast about what is art, actually. Oh. Because we could talk forever about that thing. We'll, we'll have get to get Ella back. On. We'll get a different guest on. We'll talk more about that. We'll just baffle them and their <laughs> poor brains. I reckon we should do that every single time we get some, like a guest on. What is we should, art? We should say to them the first question. You just tell me what art is. <laughs> Just, just stare at them until they give me a proper answer but yeah that's the end of this podcast it's a shorter one this time um, I really do hope you enjoyed listening along to it if you did watch it over on YouTube make sure you subscribe for more content go on to our channel check out all our other series there should be plenty of little episodes you can actually go and watch interview that will also be up there I might put a link to that in the description below or somewhere around on the screen if you, you can click on it there if you listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever we get this podcast up to, um, then make sure you come over and check out all, all our social media sites um, for more bits and pieces, behind the scenes footage, uh, tutorials, and loads more, I guess. Uh, JD, updates. I'll probably start taking pictures behind the scenes and just start goofing around while Perfect. you're busy doing anything important. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, uh, JD, thank you very much for appearing on this episode. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah. So we'll see you all next Wednesday. I'll see you next Wednesday then, Tom. Farewell. Bye.